Welcome everybody to Football A Podcast. The hiatus is over. We are back. The last time you heard us record was for on draft day when we went when Matt and I went pick by pick uh, and gave our analysis on the first round. So gents, it's been a hell of a long time. How's it going? I feel like we angered so many Texans and Falcons fans during that draft episode. I don't know if any of them are going to come back for our divisional preview series, but we'll see. We do, we do not have a good uh, track record with Falcons fans. Uh, we're not their favorite. We'll just say that. Well, That's maybe true. if their team was better, um, it would be easier to like us when we when we talk about them. But good to be back. Uh, happy, happy to be here. Um, I did not lend my insights to the draft episode as I was too busy um, watching the draft in peace. Um, but I, I did think that you guys both did a bang up job uh, with the evaluations. And now we actually get to talk about real actual football. Uh, so very much looking forward to that fantasy draft uh, about a month away. So looking very much forward to that as well. But all in all, just just a just a great time to be alive. Camps are starting up here pretty soon. Uh, the rumor mill is in full swing. Everybody's in the best shape of their life. Uh, everybody's mm-hmm. trusting their knees, Achilles, etc. Again, so great time to be alive. Zach Wilson's needs are being tended to <laughs> multiple, <laughs> multiple different ways. <laughs> and a couple of milestones this episode has. So this is our second full season that we've covered. And this is, if you, if you don't count all the draft snippets we've done, this is the 50th episode of the pod. So congratulations, fellas, and thank you for those of you who've listened to all 50 of them. I love it. 50 episodes. Hopefully we'll do uh, 50 to infinite more. <laughs> yes, exactly. So this episode, we're talking NFC West. Yes. This is this starting our season preview series where we're going through each of the divisions previewing the teams, previewing the, previewing the division, uh, and giving our prognostications for how things are going to turn out. So we start in the land of the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess what we're doing, you know, really what we're hoping to accomplish with this division preview series is, you know, we'll give our predictions on you know, where we think these teams will, will finish. Uh, before the season starts and uh, I think ultimately we'll probably culminate in uh, we'll take these predictions uh, and eventually distill them down and we'll probably do uh, playoff predictions and then we'll eventually lead up to our Super Bowl predictions uh, which probably should land us right before kickoff of the 2022 NFL season Mm -hmm. and we will be sure to squeeze a fantasy episode in there after we do our league's draft of course because as much as we love you guys out there we are still hyper competitive so yeah, can't give away the secret sauce. So, um, so with that, I mean, we'll jump in. I think what we're going to do here is we're going to jump into the predictions at the onset. We'll see where the disparity comes into play in the NFC West, and then we'll just kind of talk through uh, what we think and some of the news and and some of the big questions coming out of this division about whether the Rams are going to repeat. Um, what's the Cardinals situation going to look like with a, a newly signed Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins facing suspension. 49ers with Trey Lance likely as a starting quarterback for his uh, his sophomore campaign. How's that going to change um, Kyle Shanahan's offense? And then the Seahawks, who are kind of in total rebuild mode uh, with Drew Locke, um, potentially Jimmy Garoppolo, you never really know, and, um, and Geno Smith. So it's going to be an interesting division. It will indeed. 
So who do we – is it a – oh, I don't even want to say is it a clean sweep. We all think the Rams are winning again, or do you want to go person by person? Let's go person by person. I think we should go person by person. Okay, let's do it. All right, let's um, – I mean, I'm happy to start. Yeah, I'll lead off if you yeah, guys go want. Go for it. Cool. So we've talked about this program um, on the pod before, but there's a, a nice website called NFL Playoff Predictor, Predictors, and I kind of like went through each team's schedule, uh, came up with kind of a tentative record and kind of saw where the, the chips fell. Um, so for the NFC West, um, I had the Rams finishing in first, winning the division once again, um, in hot contention for the number one seed as well. So I had the Rams at 13-4. and four. Um, I think they've got a pretty favorable schedule this year. Um, love the addition of Allen Robinson. So I think there's this is going to be an explosive offense. Um, at number two, I had the Arizona Cardinals, uh, but only at seven and ten. Um, I think the Cardinals have a difficult draw with their schedule. I'm concerned about the absence of DeAndre Hopkins for however long that might be. Um, envisioning a bit of an early season slump for the Cardinals um, and only finishing seven and ten. So not overly confident there. At three, I have the San Francisco 49ers also at seven and 10. Um, I think this has a lot to do with my lack of confidence in Trey Lance. Uh, We saw him play in spurts last season. And while he put up some uh, good fantasy statistics for his running ability, um, there was a lot left to be desired in his ability as a passer. And so with that, uh, Debo potentially dialing back his role um, in that hybrid receiver running back position. Um, I'm not sure what this offense is really going to look like. I'm not overly confident in it. Um, so I think the 49ers finish 7-10. and 10. And then the Seahawks. I envision the Seahawks in a full rebuild mode. Uh, I liked a few of the picks they made in the draft, uh, particularly Charles Cross. I think he's going to be a nice tackle for them down the line. But the NFL is driven by quarterback play. Geno Smith... Um, Drew Locke and potentially Jimmy Garoppolo really don't lend a lot of confidence. Um, I did like the pickup of Kenneth Walker, so I think there's a a nice young core there, but it's going to be a few years before I envision Seattle being competitive. So you had Rams, 49ers, or Rams... uh, Rams, Rams, Cardinals, Cardinals, 49ers, 49ers and Seahawks. Yeah. So I'll follow it up, and ours is a little different, Matt, but Similar ideas. So I had uh, Rams 13 and 4, first place. I have the 49ers finishing second, 10 and 7. I too had the Cardinals at 7 and 10 in third place, and the Seahawks just a game behind them at 6 and 11. Hmm. Well, I guess I'll I guess I'll round us out here, and then we can then we can discuss. Uh, I too have the Rams. Um, I have them actually. Maybe a little bit lower. I don't. I don't particularly like them for the one seed this year. I think they win the division, but I think they do so at like twelve and five. Uh, second place and also a playoff team. I've got the 49ers um, that I'm that I'm actually calling for uh, twelve and or uh, I'm sorry, eleven and six. Um, I'm a little bit more bullish on the Trey Lance uh, experiment than than you guys are. Um, at third, I also have the Cardinals, and I have the Cardinals as a ten-win team at ten and seven. Uh, maybe, maybe in 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 the consideration for one of the wild card spots. Um, Seattle, uh, I've got at eight and nine. Um, I think that while they are in a rebuild, I think they've still got enough 
talent wise, uh, especially given their strength of schedule isn't isn't as bad uh, as the rest of the division. Um, I think that Pete Carroll has a sort of a floor like we talk about with uh, with Mike Tomlin for how bad his teams are can actually be. And I think that floor is pretty high. Uh, so I, I, I give Seattle, you know, maybe like an eight and nine record. I still think they finish in last. But in general, I'm more uh, more bullish on on this division. Yeah, and I guess I'll round us out. So um, a little bit different throughout the standings, but the top Rams, 13-4, and four, uh, 49ers second place, 10-7. and seven. Uh, Cardinals I have in third place, 7-10, and 10, and then Seahawks uh, right there on the rebuild trail at 6-11. and 11. Um, The only surprise I think I had was the Cardinals being uh, 7-10. and 10. I just, You look at that roster and it just holes all, all over the place. And then Kyler's contract and Cliff, I just feel like he hasn't learned anything in his entire time in the NFL. So I, I, that's the only team I think I was surprised at either how low or how high I had them. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. Um, you know, we both of our all three of our bookends are the same. So the Rams at the top, Seahawks at the bottom. Um, but I, yeah, the disparity for me is definitely you know how we how we played the the Forty Niners and Cardinals. The interesting part when I look at the standings is Bills got probably three playoff teams coming out of this division. Zach, you've got two with the Rams and 49ers, and I only have one with the Rams. I, I would I would not envision that the Cardinals or Niners at seven and ten um, would would make any noise uh, in terms of playoff contention. But I think the the team where there's the biggest disparity for us right now is the 49ers, um, and so I would love to get you know I I talked a little about at the onset about being lower on Trey Lance. Um, I want to get both of your perspectives on what that team is going to look like with Lance at the helm. Yeah, I can, I can maybe comment on that. And the other thing that I would mention as well, you know, just before we get into the 49ers specifically, you know, you look at this division and this division is pretty clearly the class of the NFC. Uh, you know, the, the NFC South obviously has got a ton of problems. You're, you're only getting one, one playoff team out of that division. Uh, ditto for the, the uh, NFC East in, in all likelihood. Um, and I, I think the the North has got its problems as well. So I, I think that this, if there is going to be a division that sends three uh, playoff teams this year, this is, this is the one. Um, specific to the 49ers, uh, you know, people are talking about Trey Lance, um, you know, and, and his lack of experience, acumen, throwing the ball. And there's certainly, that certainly bears out on tape. That said, it's not like he's stepping in for Aaron Rodgers here. I mean, this is Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, the the guy had clearly a ceiling to to his game. There's a reason why they were comfortable letting him walk. So in terms of the overall performance of the team, I don't see that as a huge downside. And I also think that Lance does add enough on the ground um, to really keep the quarterback level of play more of a of a net neutral at the very least with upside for more um i think the key to to the 49er season is going to be can they get debo samuel happy can they use him the way they want to use him but beyond that um can they run the ball effectively and can the defense be as as good as they were 
um, you know, in the in the recent past? Uh, and I think the answer to that question is yes. I like their defense um, right up there with the Rams, um, maybe just a, maybe a notch lower, um, but definitely better than the Cardinals. Uh, and for as much as we worry about the um, the lack of a passing game that we've seen thus far, I think if you look at the weapons that they have, Brandon Ayuk, um, obviously Debo Samuel. I mean, I think there's some other receivers that stepped up late in the year due to injury. Um, I still think they've got a phenomenal running game. I think that this team is is going to be one that's not going to take a step back um, with with Lance at the helm. Um, just because, again, he's not replacing Johnny Unitas. He's replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. So um, that's that's kind of my read on, on the team. And the reason I have him at 10 and 7 is you know, starts at the place that you mentioned, Bill, it's the side of the football that you love and it's the defense. I think that's, it's a championship caliber defense. I think Drake Jackson was a great second round pick for them. Um, I think Charvarius Ward, the addition of the secondary was awesome. Uh, and it, that defense is good enough to win a, to win a Super Bowl. Um, I do as much as, as for as much shit as we give GM Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, the coach is one of the best coaches in the NFL. There's anyone who's going to scheme around Trey Lance. Uh, it's going to be him. And there's two other aspects that I think get them to 10 and seven, even if Trey Lance is mediocre, which I think everyone on this podcast probably expects. One is there's a little quirk with the scheduling. The 49ers don't leave the West coast at all all season after october 16th that's they're 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 done traveling east it's western it's west uh times i think the furthest east they have to come after that is is maybe um uh like las vegas i think that's the furthest they have to come east. and they have they have their bye week followed by five straight home games which uh i think that for a football team that's typically injured a lot uh, the last few years, that's going to be huge for them. Rest recuperation, ability to play competitively. And the last piece is um, their opponents. The NFC is a mess. Bill, you alluded to it when you went through and talked about the playoff teams. The NFC is a mess. Here are, their non, here are some of their non-divisional opponents. Chicago, Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans, Miami, Washington. Those teams are i mean what new orleans the best of those teams and you could still kind of consider that one garb them garbage so i i think that kyle shanahan gets this team to 10 and 7 and for no other reason they play terrible teams and each one of the teams in this division tends to there there tends to be parity mm-hmm. you know even even when the seahawks were really good the the you know cardinals would still beat them right i and, that, and that's why I, I even gave the a little bit more of a uh bullish answer to the seahawks record because these teams just all kind of play each other well, so I think there's there's definitely going to be some um, some some upsets as there normally are. But um, yeah, I just really like the 49ers this year. Um, I think the Rams are still the class of the division, but I don't think the 49ers are that far behind. And I think people are sleeping to your point, Zach, a little bit on the defense. No, I think that makes sense. Um, I'm still, I, I still, there's just something about. Trey Lance that, you know, it just makes me nervous. Um, I could easily be wrong here, but there's just something about this division, some of the defenses that we've seen him play against. I mean, we saw him play against the Cardinals and it was not a, 
an overly impressive performance. Um, and I think there's some games that you may think that, you know, one of the games that, that Zach, you mentioned, like Carolina, they could easily drop that game to Carolina at Carolina because Carolina, their defense, um, I mean, they struggled so much last year, but a lot of those woes came on the offensive side of the football because of Sam Darnold struggles. Um, but traveling to Carolina with a, a shaky quarterback and a defense that's that's probably going to be better this year, I envision it being more of the, the defense of, of 2020 than 2021 in Carolina. Like that's easily a game they could drop. They could easily drop that game to Miami as well. When you think about coaches that have familiarity with scheme, you have Mike McDaniel going up against Kyle Shanahan, has been in that locker room, knows some of the nuances to the scheme, uh, knows Lance's weaknesses. There, there's a couple games here that um, when I was kind of going through and trying to predict how it was going to go, I was kind of like, well, this could this is like a sneaky game that I think San Francisco could drop where Lance could potentially make that sort of back-breaking turnover. Um, so that's a little bit where my logic lies with San Francisco, but could easily be wrong. Um, but let's let's talk about the other one that I think we've got a little bit of disparity on, uh, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. Um, who's got a hot take on the Cardinals? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I have a hot take, but I will gladly just take any moment I can to shit on Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Um, I... I I, I see them as a 7-10 and 10 team. Uh, Kyler's a lot of that issue. Cliff is a lot of that issue. Um, and it just seems like they, they don't learn. Um, you know, they haven't adjusted to the, you know, what teams are doing against them. Uh, and that roster has holes everywhere. I can't believe that they made the playoffs the roster they did last year. And maybe that's a testament to those players. But the defense, the offensive line is Rodney, Hus- Rodney Hudson and a bunch of cast-offs. And the defensive line is... A wash J.J. Watt. Don't let him hear that I said that. Buda Baker. And a bunch of guys with something to prove. You know, Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, Zach Allen. They've all flashed um, uh, at moments. Uh, but they haven't been consistent at all. And that defense is really putting a lot of pressure on, like, Jalen Thompson, Buda Baker, and J.J. Watt. That's, that's it. And um, I don't think that's going to be enough to win to win many games. Um, I have them finishing seven and 10, but worst case, I think they could be like a four win team only, to be honest. Yeah. I, th- I think people are, are discounting the loss of Chandler Jones as well. I think they're also discounting the effect of um, Deandre Hopkins suspension. And, you know, Christian Kirk was quietly very productive last year. He's now in Jacksonville and you've essentially replaced him with Marquise Brown. Now, Marquise Brown is is better than Christian Kirk. It's not necessarily what I'm saying, but he's not necessarily a number one, and he's going to have to act as a number one for probably six games. And I think that early stretch of their schedule, when I when I kind of like talked through my my evaluation, like listen, this team opens with the Chiefs the Raiders, and the Rams. 0-3. And then they've got to go to Carolina. And I already mentioned Carolina could be a sneaky team. I don't think Carolina's going to be a playoff team just because Baker Mayfield went there. But that's a team that's got a a better defense than people think. And then you've got Philadelphia, who was a playoff team last year. When I look at the way that their schedule opens, 
I mean, I think maybe they win two games. They could potentially surprise the Rams, but I'm not really sure how I feel about that. Um, I, I'm not really sure. You know, it could be one of those things where we're halfway through the season and all of a sudden Arizona looks around. They're like, well, just better get a good draft pick, I guess. See, I've got a little bit of a different take than you guys do, although I do agree with Zach's assessment on on holes, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think they've got uh, very much kind of a stars and scrubs, only less the stars are less high profile than than Zach's assessment last year of the Rams. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad defense, but I don't think it's the strength of the team. Um, I do think that it's a positive that they locked up Kyler Murray. They weren't going to find another uh, quarterback that's going to be as good as him. Um, I do, I do still have my worries about Cliff Cliff Kingsbury. What I don't worry as much about a is the loss of Christian Kirk and B, uh, the loss, uh, temporarily of Deandre Hopkins. Uh, the reason I say that number one is Kirk put up a lot of those stats when Hopkins was already hurt. Kirk was, you know, he had a nice end to his Cardinals career, but he was kind of one of the more frustrating Cardinals, uh, you know, either to own in fantasy or to watch in real life because he just never quite put it together unless Hopkins or some other combination of receivers was out with an injury or a suspension or whatever the case may be. Um, I think that Hollywood Brown, to Matt's point, is better than Christian Kirk today. And I don't think Hollywood Brown has reached his full potential yet because of the offense that he was in in Baltimore because they didn't throw the ball very much. Um, the other person that I would call out is Rondale Moore, who I expect to have a really nice season, um, especially before DeAndre Hopkins gets back. Um, I think that there's a lot of I think there's a lot to like about the passing game. I do have a concern about the running game. Uh, they they lost Chase Edmonds to Miami. Um, I think the offensive line is is good, not great, but but there's a lot of uh, continuity there. Uh, there's not a lot of turnover. Um, but I I I don't think that James Conner is capable of carrying a full load for an entire season just to, due to his injury history. Uh, you know, he does have problems fumbling the ball too. I think the way they used Connor last year in conjunction with Edmonds, um, is probably the best way to use Connor. Um, but I also think that Eno Benjamin, um, is going to step into that number two role this year. Uh, he's shown flashes in the past. Uh, right now he's much more of a projection than, than, you know, any proven track record, but I do expect that, that they'll be able to, to form a one, two punch again, um, out this year. So, um, I just, I just have a feeling, you know, and, and I do get what you guys are saying about the schedule. Um, but I just think that the talent finds a way to win out in some of these games, um, and again, I'm, I'm projected into, to be in the fight for a wild card spot. I think the fact that they've got competent quarterback play puts them over the edge there. Um, and I do think that the defense has enough, um, to, to keep them in contention until the end. Uh, I have a, I have a text sent to the fantasy football group chat on September 20th, 2020. that says Arizona running backs ranked by skill, you know, Benjamin chase Edmonds, Kenyon Drake. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, two years for this moment. 
it, I think it's Enoch Benjamin's time. I really do. I mean, I, I think that he was, there was a big log jam um, in front of him because I think Chase Edmonds is an extremely talented back uh, and Connor's good in his own right. And Connor is very good at what he does if you're using him as that goal line. He scored, what, 15 touchdowns last year? So, I mean, it's it's hard to argue that. I just, I hope for the sake of the Cardinals that they use Benjamin and Connor and don't rely on Connor to be that, workhorse because I don't think that that's his I don't think that's the, his best usage so the, talking about the Cardinals I think this is the appropriate place to bring it up because the defense is so bad and there's so many holes and I feel like that's the case with nearly every team in the NFC not just NFC West but NFC period and I feel like this year you're going to see games that are you know, 40-37 or 32-35, you know, 35, um, just wild finishes, wild games because you're going to have, you know, teams that have great units and poor units playing, other teams that have great units and poor units, and I just think it's going to be fireworks, and I think the AFC is going to be like that 22-17 to 17 playoff-type atmosphere, playoff-type games all season long. I think it's going to be very different contest between the NFC and AFC this year. I don't know if you guys thought about that at all. Yeah, I would agree with that. I also think when you look at the the um, the broad scope of the NFC, you're going to see um, a real disparity, in my opinion, between the top like three teams, three or four teams, and the rest of, of the league. Um, so I think when you look at like the Rams, when you look at the Packers, um, I would probably throw like the Buccaneers and eh, maybe, maybe the Cowboys. I'm not really sure. That's why I'm saying like three slash four. Um, there's just such a disparity between those teams and the rest of the league. Um, you get, you guys may include San Francisco. I, I, I don't at this point cause there's so many unknowns with Trey Lance, but you know, it's going to be interesting for me because I think to Zach's point, you're going to see a lot of those really tight games, but I think you're also going to see the Rams, the Buccaneers um, and the Packers blowing teams out of the water on almost a weekly basis. You know, one other point to make about the, the Cardinals as well, specific to the loss of DeAndre Hopkins, the other addition that they made last year, that's, kind of gone a little bit under the radar, but, um, the trade for Zach Ertz, um, you know, I, he came on very, very strong when he was traded to, uh, to Arizona. Uh, I mean, he's, I think he's really, um, still, still in his prime, even though he's a little bit older, but, um, I, I just don't view the loss of Deandre Hopkins as a season killer anymore. I mean, Hopkins was a little, was a little frustrating, uh, you know, even really the last two years, um, you know, it's not like he's the same guy that he was uh, early in his Cardinals tenure or even going back to Houston. Um, I think they've got enough weapons offensively overall. But I, I do agree, though, if they are to get to the win total that I projected, um, the offense needs to carry them there. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, just one 
touch on Hopkins. You can definitely see his age uh, show. And at first, I thought it was maybe Kings- Kingsbury's offense that he only ran certain routes. You know, he runs that ten yard out. He runs the, you know, the hitch. He runs the go, and then he'll run the like the the slant. That was pretty much it. But I watching more and more of him this off season. I th- I think it's his skills have deteriorated quite a bit. Where that's the only really patterns he can win with with his technical skill he can't beat anyone with he never really could be the with speed but now he, he definitely can i think right now hollywood brown's the best receiver on the cardinals with or without agree. deandre hopkins i would probably agree with you i'm, I'm not willing to, to take that step <laughs> too far, um, too far. yeah you also have to remember that like last year he was hampered by a hamstring injury for like you know 60 percent of the season yeah. so there were games, especially early on in the season, when he was fully healthy. So, uh, certainly not going to leap into Holly into the Hollywood Brown is better than DeAndre Hopkins take. Um, I'll be the voice of sanity on this podcast. But um, so you know, we talked about the the Niners. We talked about the Cardinals. Um, the other team that there's a lot of disparity. And don't worry, Rams fans. Like yeah, you're the best team in the division. We're 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 going to save the best for last. But there is another unique trend that i noticed looking through this i had the seahawks at three and 14 bill has them at eight and nine and zach has them at six and 11 so we are we all think the seahawks are going to finish it last but the varying degrees of hope is kind of an interesting uh, trend that we're seeing yeah i have them at three or six and 11 their worst case scenario could be three and 14 like this team could be very bad um i I think everyone's assuming it to fall apart because Russ is gone, and I don't know if that's the case. I think Geno is is a decent uh, fill-in, uh, to be quite honest. He he looked okay in the games last year, and um, and they have a they have a great stable running backs. They have like three or four legitimate running backs on their team, and I think if they rotate them out and play the type of um, uh, brand that Pete Carroll wants to play, they can they can win a few games with the ground and pound. And what I really like that defense does look like a mess, but I am basing my projection on uh, Carroll working his magic with the, their two draft picks on the defensive side, uh, Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant. I thought those were pretty, I thought those weren't pretty good. I thought those were pretty great picks uh, for where they took them in the draft and how they address needs. Um, they're going to take over. I mean, Artie Burns and Justin Coleman, I feel like before the, before training camp's over. So if they can get adequate production out of those cornerbacks, I think they can squeak uh, six games across. I mean, it helps they, they play like Atlanta and, the New York Giants um, and the Jets and teams like that, so that they won't automatic. It's not automatically considered a loss uh, when they line up on Sundays. I, yeah, I'll dovetail off of the point yeah, um, ahead, that that um, Kobe Bryant was one of the best picks in the draft. Okay, I mean he was he was one of the best picks. You know, we always talk about Sauce Gardner, Cincinnati corner. Uh, who went to the Jets and he, how amazing he was, but but Kobe Bryant is a zone tactician. Um, loved his tape, and um, I thought that was a really great pick. So I think I think Seattle's got the makings of a team that will be good in two years. But sorry, Bill, I didn't want to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh no, I I, I just um. I listen, I don't think this team's going to be very good, but I kind of view them sort of as like the the 
Broncos of the last couple of years. I mean, maybe it's just because the Drew Locks there, but you know, they it, it's basically the Broncos of the last couple of years without as good of a defense, right? Uh, you know, they can still run the ball. Um, you know, I think that one of the other guys, uh, opposite of Charles Cross, uh, they drafted uh, Abraham Lucas from Washington State. Um, he's probably going to slot right in there at right tackle. Um, I, I don't think the line is as bad, um, especially as a run blocking unit. But but to Zach's point, they're going to have to run the ball to be competitive and they're going to have to play ball control. That said, they've got the horses to do it. Uh, Rashad Penny, obviously, not to tell my own fantasy football success, but Rashad Penny was probably the best back in football the last couple of weeks of the regular season. Um, you know, the question is always, can he stay healthy? Um, you know, I don't really know the answer for a full season, but they did draft Kenneth Walker, um, you know, in the, in the second round as well, who was one of the most productive backs in, in college last year. Um, I just, I trust this team to just find a way to keep games ugly and win ugly. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the schedule is not that daunting i mean there's games that yeah it's an auto loss like seattle goes to to tampa bay and like no they're toast but they also um get the falcons at home they visit the lions in a in a uh, replay of that wild game from the, the end of the season last year um you know they've they've got the raiders but they've got them at home i could easily see them winning that game uh the the panthers at home as well um, they're always, I'm, I'm telling you, there's always going to be a couple games. They steal divisionally. Um, I could see them splitting with two of the, two of the teams in, in the division. Um, and the last week of the season, they got the jets coming to Seattle. So, you know, for as bad as, as the roster looks, I just, I trust Pete Carroll and his, his crew to, to get to mediocrity. Uh, I don't think they're going to be a doormat for anybody this year. Um, so I, at the end of the day, Seattle's still a tough place to play. Um, and there's, so there's some young guys on that defense that while it's no longer the Legion of boom by any stretch of the imagination, if they can get to mediocre from a defensive, uh, product perspective, um, I think they get to eight wins. There's just something for me about Geno Smith, Andrew Locke, that, give me so much pause. These are two guys who throughout their career, like kind of what I mentioned with Trey Lance, um, and we haven't seen it, like Trey Lance does not have the sordid history that Drew Locke or Geno Smith has. Um, but it, it gives me pause about going around trying to be like, oh yeah, San Francisco is going to go 10 and 7 or 11 and 6 and they're going to make the playoffs. I kind of have that same vibe with Seattle where it's like, I like some of the pieces, but as a whole, I'm not sure that all of those guys are ready to be top line contributors in a very difficult division. Um, and I don't trust either of those quarterbacks or if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't trust any of those quarterbacks to not make like the back breaking play in any given Sunday. So I think like there's a lot for me and I feel bad Seattle fans that I threw the, the, the three and 14 card on you. But at the end of the day, this offensive line is still a work in progress. This defense is still a work in progress. There were some good draft picks made with you know, Bill mentioned Abraham Lucas. Um, Zach mentioned Kobe Bryant. Um, I like the acquisition of Noah Fant. I think that is something that will pay dividends down the road. But the quarterback makes the football spin. 
right? That's what makes the team go. And looking at those two guys, I just, or even again, you know, speculatively Jimmy Garoppolo, I just can't see them making it any to any more wins than five or six in best case scenario. But with one pick, one draft pick, one free agent signing at quarterback, and this team changes. I don't think they're that far off in the rebuild because they they drafted well this past season. Um, I think a couple strategic free agent acquisitions, and this team is right back into into contention. Yeah, I um, I can definitely see that outcome. That is more likely, in my opinion, than winning eight games. I know you and I are closer in games, Bill, but I feel like three and fourteen is still more likely than eight wins. Yeah, so. I guess with that being said, um, Zach, I got to pass it to you. We saved the best for last. Um, we kind of did a little bit of a, a, a zigzag order here, but talk about your Los Angeles Rams. All Rams fans fall asleep and wake up in January because there is no chance. I shouldn't say no chance. I just say there's. Uh, it'd be very difficult for the Rams to miss the playoffs this year, judging by the state of their team and uh, the state of the NFC. I think they have a very good chance to repeat. I know everyone said that about the Buccaneers, but this Rams team I feel like has the depth that they necessarily haven't had in recent years because a lot of these players that they drafted, um, you know, two three years ago in the middle rounds had to play last year and they played well enough to win a Super Bowl. And I think that helps quite a bit. They're bringing almost everybody back. Um, Allen Robinson is an adequate. Um, you know, piece to replace OBJ slash Robert Woods. Um, I would say he's comparable to OBJ on the acrobatic catches and the ability and the body control and all that. Uh, no drama, um, or I should say, unless he's in Chicago, no drama. Um, and he he's but he's not going to be the block. But I think that's fine. I think they have stable backs. I think Kyron Williams is going to they're going to use him early on passing downs. I think it might surprise a lot of people. He eats into Daryl Henderson's workload, and I just think this is second year for Matt Stafford. Um, you know, I, 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 second year together with Cooper Cup. I think the offense will hum. Uh, defense. Like I said, I think their depth is better than it's been recently. I don't think the Bobby Wagner edition is going to do as much as he's not the savior. He's not going to do as much as what everyone thinks, but is a championship caliber player um, on a championship defense. And they have, you know, Hall of Famers at all three levels, defensive line, linebacker and secondary. So uh, it would be it would cause a complete collapse or a rash of injuries for them not to make the playoffs. Uh, or even be a Super Bowl contender this year. I I agree with that. Um, you know, I I still think the Rams are the favorite, um, probably to uh, to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC. I don't think personally that they will, just because it's tough to repeat. Um, but you know, even even though they've got the number one schedule uh, in terms of strength of schedule, um, you know, I, I still look at these games like ah, I think they can win most of these games. Um, I do have one area of concern, and, and Zach, you brought it up briefly, but it's the running game. Um, I don't question the offense. I think the offensive line is just fine. Um, but what I saw of Cam Akers, now granted he was coming back off an Achilles injury with you know what can only be considered a miraculous recovery from a from a uh, Achilles injury, but 
did not look like the same guy uh, even throughout the postseason. Um, wasn't as dynamic, wasn't as explosive. Um, Sony Michelle was probably their best back. They let him walk in free agency. Um, and, and Michelle, while not flashy, was more just dependable. He's going to get what's blocked and maybe a little bit more. Uh, Daryl Henderson just never has been able to to really put it all together. Maybe Kyron Williams goes in and, and, and changes that to Zach's point. Um, I just have a little bit of a concern about the Rams not being able to run the ball as effectively, especially given games, uh, you know, against some of the better defenses in the league. You're talking about the um, the 49ers, the Buccaneers, the Bills. Um, so that does concern me a little bit. But if they need to lean on the air game, they obviously they absolutely can. Uh, you know, I'm not going to belabor the point that, that Zach made about Allen Robinson, but my gosh, good for Alan Robinson. He finally gets a quarterback that's competent to throw him the ball. Um, so, you know, I, I think that this team is is going to win the division. Um, I do see them maybe dropping a game to San Francisco, uh, maybe one to to Arizona or or even to Seattle just because of a, you know, fluky, fluky type game. Um, but at the end of the day, this is the most complete roster um, in the NFC. Um, and I and I think they could absolutely be right back in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I won't echo too much of what you guys already said. Although, I mean, I will say that I think the Allen Robinson roof move might be my favorite move of the offseason, really by any team. I mean, I I really love it. Um, and, you know, you look at their schedule even, and, you know, they could drop a game. They could drop the opener to Buffalo. Tampa Bay is going to be a tough game. Um, maybe they drop one to San Francisco. It's not that tough of a schedule, though, in my opinion, um, or at least not one that I'm overly intimidated by. And I think they should be the favorite. Will they make it back? I'm not entirely sure. Um, you know, I don't share the same concerns that Bill has about the running game. Um, I think Cam Akers uh, is definitely someone who could reemerge. Um, those, even though he did make that miraculous comeback, you know, those things still take time to heal. So I'm sure he was still at, you know, 65 to 70% um, during their postseason run. But I don't get too concerned about the running back position. I think you can find a lot of different guys um, who can come in and run behind a, a pretty good offensive line. Um, the defense, sort of that stars and scrubs defense, um, they find a way to make it work. Um, so I just kind of look at the Rams and I go, you know, are they going to be 13 and four like I predicted? I don't know, give or take one or two games, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's 11 and six, maybe it's 12 and five. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this team, you know, should kind of be on autopilot. I think they have their identity. When you look at a lot of teams, in the NFC, their identities have changed, right? When you look at green Bay, Devonte Adams is no longer there. What is green Bay really going to look like? Um, you know, New Orleans is going to look totally different. Tampa Bay kind of has its identity, but it's, you know, it's Tom Brady's last year. This just, there's something to be said for the stability of same coach, same quarterback, same MVP in Cooper Cup, same, for the most part, offensive line, same leaders on defense. I mean, I think this is this is a team that will probably, um, I don't want to say will be on autopilot, but you can pretty much book them for a top three seed. You do have to be a little careful about the the autopilot thing, though. They, I mean, these guys play 
every team in the AFC West too. And I know we're going to talk about them next, but yeah, that's a little bit of a gauntlet too. Um, so I, I mean, at the end of the day, I still think this is a, this is the most complete roster in the NFC, but you know, just, just, you know, everybody, they're going to get every team's best shot this year too. So um, mm-hmm. I just think that that, that takes that win total from like that 13, 14 range down to like 12 for me. Yeah, that's fair. I had him at 13 as well. And the reasons I have partially for concern, Bill, to your point, the schedule, yes. Um, and it touched a little, you touched on it a little bit, Bill. Their weapons could be a little, there's not, I don't think there's great depth with their weapons. Yes, Allen Robinson is great. Yes, Cooper Cup is awesome. But I'm out on Van Jefferson. I've been out on Van Jefferson for a while. I think he plays small, plays weak. Um, and unless you're throwing him like a, like a, three-yard tunnel screen he's not going to do much um you have joe Noteboom uh filling in at left tackle or taking over left tackle who i think is going to be fine but if there's any issue with that transition that's a um they're gonna have to play a lot of great edge rushers this year and if that if that left side of the, the uh, offensive line is not set then there could be trouble brewing so just to play devil's advocate on myself <laughs> or i guess our podcast as a whole um, those are the issues I would be uh, nervous about as a Rams fan. But still, even with that, you know, there's no reason why they shouldn't make the playoffs this year. For sure. Absolutely. All right. So we got through all the predictions. Um, so just to recap for the listener, um, Bill had the Rams first at 12 and 5. 49ers second at 11 and 6, Cardinals third at 10 and 7, and the Seahawks with a whopping eight wins in the uh in the fourth place. Uh I had the Rams at 13 and 4, uh Cardinals in second at 7 and 10, Niners in third at 7 and 10, uh Seahawks um bringing up the rear at 13 and 4. Zach had the Rams at 13 and 4 as well. Um the 49ers at 10 and 7. Um and the cards at seven and ten, Seahawks at six and eleven. So, a um, little bit of disparity in the middle of the divisions, but we're all predicting the Rams will win. Um, so, yeah. Any other uh, final thoughts on the, the NFC West? I would just say it's interesting that we typically consider them, or they have been considered the last few years as the best division of football, and most of us have two teams finishing below five hundred this year. Except mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah B- Bill's got three. Three with double-digit victories. That's true. That's true. I think three three playoff teams. I, I really do. Um, a lot of it just has to do with the rest of the NFC, yeah, to be exactly. honest. But um, I don't know if this is the best division in football this year. I think that title might be reserved for the group that we're doing next, the AFC West. I agree. That's right. So we'll, How do you like uh, that segue? <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll wrap this episode for the NFC West, uh, and we will continue to work our way across the country for the AFC West. All right. Peace out. Thanks, everybody.